Bad Sports fans, it's time for Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. You guys know if this show is coming out this late in the week, it has been a week. My goodness. If you live here in the Atlanta area like us, you have seen practically every type of of weather pattern you can possibly have and there's probably more on the way we literally have spun the wheel of, of uh, every kind of weather gambit you could possibly have but that's part of the charm of living here and also part of the charm of living here is you get to check out Strong Style it's one of my favorite shows to do each and every week I'm so glad to bring it to you guys and before we get into recapping the action of the, the last week or so, or some topics I do want to get into, I want to tell you that if you want to be a part of the show, you can be a part of the show. At some point, we're actually going to have uh, maybe you guys uh, call in with some questions and things like that, maybe some videos, things like that. We're going we're gonna to try to work on those, some things we're going to try out to do this year. Love running into you guys, had some great debates over the holidays. As I ran into you guys, a um, lot of Bray Wyatt fans out there, and I am right there with you. But, as I said, you can be a part of the show the following ways. You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. That is the blanket email for Impact Media. Trust me, if you put a Strong Style-related question in there, you probably don't even have to tell me in the subject what it's about. I'll probably be able to figure that out. Uh, you can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media. You can search for Strong Style. You can search for Jeremy York, and you will find us in all of those places. If you don't, there's other ways. Please let us know. If you're one of those people that just like to click a link and listen to a show, we love you guys just as much as anybody. We love all our fans. You can go to Twitter, at Team Impact Media. Scroll down to the appropriate show you want to listen to. Click on it. Listen to it as many times as you choose. There is no cap on the amount of times you can listen to it. Uh, if you would like to follow myself on Twitter and other related places, you can follow me at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, here soon, uh, some fun things are going to be kicking off. We're looking forward to doing... Uh, some more wrestling and MMA things as well. We're going to be doing some videos, some other fun stuff. Those are places you can find us there. And as always, you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Spotify. We just gained a hockey listener last night. We appreciate you. Appreciate you telling us that you follow us on Spotify now. And uh, let's see, Podcast One. we got some more followers there. And the iTunes Store. Plus, there's many other places. If you're somewhere you regularly find a podcast, that you cannot find us, please let us know, and we will remedy that shortly. We'll just do it just fast as we can. All right, tons of stuff to get into. I want to start. Uh, the UFC did some great stuff uh, and then took about a two-week break. They will be back uh, next weekend. Bellator's next event, I believe, is February the 4th. It will be right before the Super Bowl, I believe. 
but they did have a fantastic event over New Year's Eve. They had it over in Japan. It was Bellator MMA versus Ryzen. Ryzen, man, they you think Bellator is loaded. Ryzen is loaded with talent as well. They did a a uh, five versus five where five Bellator guys took on five Ryzen fighters. It was one-on-one. It was a melee. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about those. I love the crossovers, and I love... I love the ability to do that. Now, let's just throw this disclaimer out here. Bellator and Ryzen doing a crossover makes a lot of sense, logistically and all kinds of things. That makes a lot of sense. Do not expect, you know, it's just like AEW and New Japan have done a lot of uh, talent exchange, Impact Media, I mean Impact Wrestling, rather, has uh, done some things on there as well. Uh, there, there's there's that, that forbidden door that, that has been opened and been able to do a few things. That has been fun. Do not expect the UFC nor WWE to do a whole lot of those. They kind of do their own thing. And their rosters are, are quite large to where it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to do those. There's a couple. You know, WWE did let uh, Shinsuke Nakamura go wrestle on a, a Great Muda tribute show. Uh, go see that entrance if you have not seen it. It was uh, unreal. But uh, you know I think there are some things in store for us in 2023. I don't see a lot of crossover things. I could see the PFL doing some things. We will talk about their big story here in a second because my goodness you want to get somebody's attention, they found a way to do so. Somebody we have actually covered on this show. But let's talk a little bit about their Bellator Ryzen show. Uh, of the five fights, here's the crazy thing. Spoiler alert, Bellator went 5-0. and oh. That is crazy. And this was on Ryzen's turf, so you can't say that, well, decisions just automatically went to Bellator. No. Did not work that way. But let's talk a little bit about the fights that they lined up. They had Gadzi Rabadonov. He gets the decision win over Koji Takeda. Takeda's no joke, man. This this was a uh, lightweight feature fight. Uh, Gadzi clearly won. I mean, not just because he got the decision win and everything. Uh, if these two fought again, there's a chance Koji could win by decision. Uh, it's It was... It was quite the the opening main card fight. We'll put it that way. If you get a chance to go back and watch this event, please do so. It is it, it was something special. It was it really was. Uh, Ageless Wonder Juan Archuleta. He gets a decision win over Sue Chul Kim. And this is another one that I, I kind of felt like Juan Archuleta was was carrying a lot of momentum into this one and would do really well. He was able to get in there and fight his fight, and he he had uh, Su Chul Kim kind of kind of moral on his heels, and uh, he made him fight the Juan Archuleta style fight, and Kim's just, that's not his style of fight. Uh, but Juan Archuleta with the big win, the bantamweight there, I mean, at this point, they're 2-0. Oh, they're feeling pretty good. 
Then we get Kyoji Horiguchi, who gets the decision win over Hiramasa Ugukubu. And Hiramasa, man, any of these rising guys, you could stick them in Bellator and they would succeed. You could stick them in the PFL and they do fantastic. You could put them in the UFC and they do spectacular. The, it's, it's, it's amazing. Ryzen is probably, it's probably in the mix for one of the better fighting organizations uh, in the world. Obviously UFC, obviously PFL, obviously Bellator. I, I think Ryzen is, is right there as far as doing some uh, really, really great things. And the fact that they went 0 and 5, they should not hang their head. Uh, they should look forward to a rematch. Maybe they should do these twice a year. Maybe do one in the summer, do one in the winter. I think those would be fun. But uh, Horiguchi, he gets a decision win over Hiramasa. Really good fight. Really good fight. That was one of my favorite. I say one because we are approaching. It's fascinating, all the decisions in this one, by the way. We're approaching the, I don't, I, I, I guess I understand why, why this was the co-main and not the main, but any time Patricio or Patricky Pitbull are fighting, I feel like it should be a main event. Especially Cleaver Koike was his opponent in the featherweight. I mean, these guys could headline anybody's card. Uh, this one, it's amazing. All five of these fights went to decision, like I said. Uh, I, I thought that was great, I, I, and it wasn't that they weren't trying to finish each other, because if you ever accuse a Pitbull brother of trying to not finish a fight, he might start one with you. Uh, but Koike, man, he was he was bringing it to Patricio, and Patricio had to, to, he had to change up some things here and there, but he was able to get the decision win. He is still the featherweight champion in Bellator, by the way. And Claver uh, Koike back to the drawing board, but good fight. Man, it was a good fight. I mean, look at these two guys. You got Patricio, who's 35, 5, and 0. You've got Koike, who is 31, 6, and 1. Lots of fights and lots of wins for these guys. I, like I said, I'd love to see some rematches out of some of these. And then finally, in the main event, in the lightweight division. Bellator's A.J. McKee gets a decision win over Roberto Satoshi. And once again, I, I got to say, Satoshi, man, he, if they lined it up again, A.J. may be in trouble because there were definite moments where either one of these guys could have ran away with it. And they're in just, you know, the opponent battles back. Every time Roberto gets an advantage and here comes AJ every time AJ would would really get him going well Roberto would find a way to to even it back up this it was just I mean we're not even talking about the prelims the prelims were just the all the fights that they had I mean we on the event we mainly got to see the the top five that's the ones I got to see I did not get to see a lot of prelims but you know, listening to a lot of you guys talk about it and everything, it just seemed like a spectacular overall event. I love that they did it right around a major holiday where a lot of people could uh, were able to watch it. And uh, like I said, I look forward to the next one. This one 
was in Tokyo. Maybe the next one, I don't know, Bellator does a really good job in like Ireland, but I, I don't know about a lot of those Japanese fighters trying to make it to Ireland. Uh, probably easier than trying to get in the U.S. because it, it seems to be the snag. But like I said, amazing, amazing event. So glad that a lot of you guys and myself got a chance to watch it. And uh, we just look forward to the next one. Real quickly, I want to tell you about the PFL's latest announcement. I do not have the facts and figures, but they have signed a new fighter who is going to be fighting MMA. You may have heard of him before. His big, or his little brother, has done quite a few things. He is currently out with a uh, blown up knee in the WWE. I, of course, am talking about Jake Paul. The PFL has signed Jake Paul. I got a chance to cover Jake Paul in the Triller event when he fought Ben Askren here in Atlanta. Um, he's a different kind of cat. I personally like the guy. I want him and Logan to succeed. They put in the work. A lot of people say, oh, they cherry pick opponents or they're just looking for... Uh, Logan Paul fought and actually defeated, based off the rules they agreed to, Floyd Mayweather. He boxed with Floyd Mayweather for the entirety of the fight. Logan Paul has also showed what he can do in a wrestling ring where it might, might be where he is most gifted. Everybody wanted to know what Jake Paul's been up to lately. Now we know. He's been training MMA. We're going to see what the PFL can offer him. I'm sure he will not be a part of the tournament. He will probably be there with Kayla Harrison and others that will uh, be there for prize fights and things like that. But uh, I look forward to this. Uh, I would love the PFL to come back to Atlanta. I had a great time covering them over the summer. Uh, and even if even if they don't, uh, PFL is worth checking out, guys. They throw a heck of a of a an event. You definitely need to go check those out. And good on Jake Paul. Good on Jake Paul. Um. Yeah, we got time. Let's let's go ahead and start into wrestling. There's a couple things that I want to get into. We're going to talk about this past week's wrestling action. We'll start with Monday Night Raw. Uh, they did a best of 2022, which normally these are throwaway shows. It's to give their talent a chance to to take a break. You know, this was this one was uh, right on the day after Christmas which uh, means they, they pre-taped it and everything, which was fine. There's no problems there. I'm glad they were able to give them a break, and, you know, everybody was able to, to be where they wanted to be around the Christmas holidays, and that's just fantastic. Just fantastic. Uh, of course, here are the matches they showed. I have something to say about uh, at least one competitor in a majority of these. We got to see Brock versus Roman from SummerSlam. That's the one that included the tractor that picked up the ring and, and that kind of stuff, that match. That was, uh, it was great getting to see that match again. It was a really good match. Of course, Roman won. He had the help of the Usos and Austin Theory, who tried to, who was attempting to cash in before Brock just uh, stole his lunch money, basically. But uh, the things to talk about here. What's next for Brock Lesnar? Uh, a lot of people say, well, why not him and Cena at WrestleMania? Okay, 
maybe, but uh, I, I think Cena is going to have a different opponent at WrestleMania, and Cena's a whole different one, too. Uh, it was good to see him back. But, and we'll get to him in SmackDown. Uh, the thing is, is who is Roman's next opponent? They are, and more importantly, who is his WrestleMania opponent? Because normally when you win the Royal Rumble, you get your choice of champions to go against at WrestleMania. Which makes sense. Well, there's only one heavyweight champion right now, and that's Roman Reigns. He has both belts. So whoever wins the Royal Rumble is going against Roman. That already solidifies. That already solidifies the the thing. There's no guesswork, pretty much, unless they decided to go against the NXT champion. And, and you go for the big, go for the big money match, right? Go for the big money. So Roman's next opponent, they more than likely at Royal Rumble. I could see. I think it's it could be him and KO. That would make the most sense. There is this theory out there, and I don't remember who put it out there. I want to say it was Errol Hawani who said, and I've said it before on here. What if Kevin Owens somehow gets Sami Zayn in hot water with Roman, gets him kicked out of the bloodline, and somehow Sami finds his way into the main event spot at Wrestlemania against Roman Reigns. Uh, Sami Zayn is the best thing on, on wrestling television right now. And I, I don't have a problem with that. And the fact that KO is more than likely going to be Roman's opponent in, at either Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber, if they decide to do that one in February, then it kind of leaves March and April open for the Royal Rumble winner. Or maybe somebody else wins the Rumble and loses the opportunity to Sammy or somebody like that. That could be an interesting turn. But that's the hot topic is who is going to face Roman Reigns? Like I said, KO makes the most sense, but he's, he's practically ran over the entire roster. Roman has is, is ran over the entire roster. Except for people like Sami Zayn or for anybody you'd call up. But you wouldn't call up anybody that's going to face him. Like that, there's nobody with that much hype on them. Sammy's the one that makes sense, so that's that's where my consensus vote goes. Up next, they showed us New Day versus the Us versus the Usos. Sorry, uh, this is the SmackDown Universal Tag Team uh, match where, when the Usos won, they ended up breaking the New Day's record for consecutive champions. Uh, the Usos are really good. I get that. I don't know why you have to start breaking everybody's records. Like New Day, who is one of your better tag teams as of late. I mean, at least they had the New Day go to NXT. And after going to NXT, they win the tag championships. Which kind of does a reset for those. Uh, whoever they lose to, obviously, that would be a big bump to them. I don't know if it, yeah, Briggs and Jensen have been chance before. Pretty deadly. A lot of people think they're going to get a call up. That could potentially happen. Um, it just, it, I like the reset, but I want to see where it goes. And it does let them be champions again. And they're the only ones to be Raw, SmackDown, and NXT tag champions 
even the Usos didn't do that, but NXT technically wasn't around when they were coming through. So we'll, we'll see what kind of happens, what kind of goes with that. Uh, good for the Usos, you know, for all the stuff they've done and everything. They are really good. They are one of the better teams in the history of, of WWE, but New Day is, is right there with them. And I, I kind of want to see what, what's in store for both teams early on and then as we get into WrestleMania season. I would imagine you could see the two teams face off at WrestleMania in kind of a winner-take-all. But we'll see what happens with that. Up next, we got to see Becky versus Bianca Belair. This is, uh, was it WrestleMania? Good match, but it just, uh, Bianca's good. But Becky's so good that it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why she constantly has to put her over. I, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm not a big Bianca fan. You guys know that. I'm a big Becky fan. I, I just, I don't know. I want to see what they do with the women's division. They did a big shakeup on SmackDown that we'll get into in a minute. But uh, other than that, on to the next match. And we had the Brutes and Imperium in the Donnybrook match. I like seeing these th two teams face off. I don't like weird gimmick weapons matches, but anytime the Brawling Brutes and Imperium are going to face off, you should watch. All six of them are top-level elite performers, and anything they do is going to be worth your time. Uh, Cody versus Seth at Hell in a Cell when Cody had had uh, the partially torn pec muscle at that time. I think it's a pec or something. It, it was pretty gruesome looking. And Seth did his part of really, really hammering on it. And uh, Cody to wrestle in that much pain is, is incredible. He should be close to returning, by the way. And that's the thing to watch out for this coming year, I believe is that Cody and Seth could be people to watch around Royal Rumble time and they could be people to watch around WrestleMania time because they are two of your better talents in the company and they should be featured as they usually are. I said Cody's close to coming back. We got to see him on this show. We got to see Logan versus Roman at Crown Jewel. This is where Logan did apparently tear part of his knee, and it's why he is out at this point. Um, but this is also where he showed that while he may not be a better overall performer and wrestler than Roman Reigns, he can hang with him any day. And he royally impressed everyone in this one. Of course, Roman does retain, but how about the video? We saw it when it happened, but they showed it again where one of his guys at ringside hand him a phone, and he basically does a live Instagram, TikTok something video of him jumping off the top rope onto Roman on the announce table. It's just something we've never seen before, and it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. But some good things coming, some big things coming for... WWE and Raw, and we look forward to what they got into this week. We'll get into that next week, obviously, but for now, 
I want to go to a break, and when we come back, we will finish up with all the rest of the wrestling action right here on Strong Style. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They've got the betting lines and the wagering lines. They have the articles. They've got the podcast that uh, if it is legal to bet where you are and make wagers on games and events and you choose to do so, they are a great resource. If it is not or you choose not to, uh, they are still a great resource to make you a better, more informed fan. Whether you're at the water cooler, whether you're at a family reunion, uh, stuck in an elevator, you know, all kinds of places that, uh, you know, after church, if you want to talk to your pastor about it, you know, all kinds of things that you can learn by going to betonline.net. Make sure to do so and tell them that Impact Media sent you. They love hearing that, and we love hearing from them that you told them that. Now, before the break, we talked a little Bellator versus Ryzen. We talked about the PFL's uh, new signee in Jake Paul. And we talked a little best of Raw that was on from Monday. Let's go to SmackDown next. We start off with Bray Wyatt, who is interrupted by L.A. Knight. And then I think it's Uncle Howdy. There's speculation as to who Howdy is. And uh, there's... A handful of people that it could be. Some people think that it is Bray's brother, Bo Dallas. Some people think that it is Vincent from Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling fame. I think you couldn't go wrong with either one of them. They could definitely pull this off easily. But having Bray have other characters around him that are not puppets is a whole new level. And I love it. And the, ult- and the best opponent for Bray to pull this off with is L.A. Knight, who is an all-world performer and can play into this. Having Uncle Howdy attack Bray as opposed to L.A. Knight was, uh, was a, a kink that nobody saw. But this, we're gonna, that's a fun thing, is we're going to see, this, this, is, this is Undertaker Kane, if you guys can't figure this out. They're, I don't know if they're doing it on that storyline, but... You know, where maybe they fight each other, maybe they team up at some point, maybe they uh, they chase each other a bunch, where Bray and Howdy, uh, there, there's all kinds of directions they can go with this. And like I said, having L.A. Knight in the middle of it is just going to make it that much better. We've got to see Sheamus with the rest of the Brutes versus Solo Sokoa and the Usos. Uh... Good win for Solo Sokoa. He is the no-nonsense muscle of the group. He's also a little brother. But a great win over Sheamus. And as they all tried to attack the Brutes, good to see Drew McIntyre back. That's the reason why he was not in a couple matches before, is he was not medically cleared. Seems like he is medically cleared and will be back 
very very soon adds a whole new dimension to that battle because you got Sammy and Solo and the Usos and that's four and then you have the bra brawling brutes that are three so to, to even it up you get Drew McIntyre and it gives all of them something to do it's really great uh, Raquel Rodriguez even though she was injured I think she is actually injured because they like her a lot but with her being as dinged up as she is they just they couldn't push her uh, to where they want to but she took on Ronda Rousey of course Rousey finds a way to win uh, Shayna is out there as well didn't help things uh, and then Rousey steps in it because Charlotte Flair comes out and Charlotte gets Ronda so worked up that Charlotte gets a world title shot right there after Rousey had just had a, uh, a pretty good match with Raquel Rodriguez and Charlotte just schools her and it couldn't have happened at a better time you needed a change up uh, the, the Rousey Shayna stuff was was okay it just it was starting to kind of go nowhere and it just it, it reminded me of, of some not so great decisions they made in the past with the women's division and in order to change it up I love that Charlotte is now your Smackdown champion congratulations to her for sure um, what was the other thing Braun and Ricochet versus Imperium in this little feud they're doing it's it's okay I just I don't know it's just it seems like it's more filler than it is anything in particular and then the main event we got to see Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens and the returning John Cena. Now the bloodline was down at ringside, but uh, it was fun to watch KO and Cena. We know they've they've had a weird past. They've regularly faced each other. It's kind of crazy that on KO's first night in, on Monday Night Raw, he I think won the Intercontinental title or U.S. title from John Cena. I think he won the U.S. title. I think it was U.S. title. And now, a handful of years later, the returning John Cena tags with him. Uh, it just, it, all four of these guys are just on another level. I said Sammy's the best thing on wrestling television right now. KO is, is a great performer. Cena, one of the best ever. And Roman is just top of his game. Uh, this was really good. Having the Bloodline members in and out a bunch of different times was great, too. Ultimately, KO gets the win over Sammy to give uh, Cena a win and keep his 20-year streak alive. He has had at least one match on television for 20 years in a row. That's uh, just just uh, incredible and insane. Let's talk about some NXT. NXT has been some must-watch TV lately. Uh, out of the gate. J.D. McDonough versus Julius Creed was good. I, I didn't understand why McDonough is starting to job out to people like Julius Creed. Julius Creed's good, but McDonough is great. He is Maybe that's his new role, is that he is there to put a lot of other people over. But uh, after Creed won, him and Brutus, his brother, were greeted by Sangha and Veer, who said, we very regularly or very soon we'll be facing off with you guys. We didn't want to attack you. We want to straight up 
uh, challenge you. So that'll be fun. Wendy Chu gets gets the win over Cora Jade. Both of these both of these women. Uh, Wendy Chu is is going to take a little more of a of a rocket ride, but Cora is already a potential world champion, and uh, Wendy Chu is is a great talent as well. They they are two of my favorites to watch in NXT. There, there's a bunch. I, there's not much I don't like about NXT, in all honesty. But uh, this match was really, really good. Cora Jade and Wendy Chu, they understand how uh, how to put on a show. We got to see Ichiman Jiro with no jacket versus Scripps. As long as it took me to fumble over the people involved in that match, that's about as exciting as the match was. Uh, the Scripps thing is, is just awful and Ikiman Jiro without his jacket is just weird. Maybe they're eventually going to get the jacket off of him, but it was, I don't know, it just it was a mess. We got to see Lyra Valkyria take on Last Legend. Uh, Lyra is she's good. She's it's a different it's a different look and a different style that they are uh, going with, and uh, she she pulled off some really good things. Last Legend, to be somebody who can sometimes be a little stiff in the ring and be a little brutal, she actually was quite the professional with Valkyria, and I, I look forward to seeing what they do with Valkyria. Schism with Miss Rain, of course, took on Idris, Adolfe, Odyssey, is it Odyssey Jones? Odyssey and in uh, the leak, of course. Um, and Schism won. They got a good, solid win. They're the better team, anyway. I look forward to when we're going to see Rain in the ring. Of course, she's The Rock's daughter. That does not mean she's going to be great. It does not mean she's going to suck, either. Uh, plus, if she sucks, she would not be here. So, I look forward to her. I think it's Amber Rain is what they're going with. But uh, Schism gets a good win. And Malik Idris and Odyssey had a good show. We got to see Fallon Henley with Briggs and Jensen versus Keanu James in a battle for the bar. And this was, I, I like that they've actually come up with some reason why these two should wrestle. It's been a decent story about Fallon trying to keep the family bar. Um, I actually wouldn't have minded if Keanu would have somehow won this. Because you got Keanu and. Uh, Jensen, who seemed to have some sort of little connection. I don't want to break up Jensen and Briggs, but having a different connection than Fallon could be interesting in that one. Uh, it, was, it was a good match. Like I said, Fallon Henley reminds me of a young Mickey James in her look, in her mannerisms, and there's I, that's high praise in my opinion. And uh, big shoes to live up to as well if you're going to go that style. It was a Gulak Invitational. The biggest thing to know about this one is he completely dogged out three different people. He's trying to teach Hank, the former security guy, something. Uh, but the more important part of it was that Charlie Dempsey come out. Charlie Dempsey is the son of William Regal, who apparently left AEW and could be heading back to NXT or at least WWE very soon. We don't know his role. 
But uh, if now that you know that, when you look at Charlie Dempsey, you see a young William Regal, which means he, <laughs> as good as Gulak is, he might tie him up like a pretzel. Charlie Dempsey has a lot of potential, and it's not because of who his father is. It's because he's that good. And then in the main event, we got to see Wes Lee defend his North American Championship against Tony D'Angelo with Stax. Stax got taken out by Dijak. Uh, Dijak and, and D'Angelo could be fun. It looks like D'Angelo is the first target of Dijak with his justice and things like that. Uh, Wesley gets a good, clean victory, though. There was no shenanigans, didn't need stacks in the way or nothing like that. Uh, Wesley is a all-world talent, and I'm glad he finally gets his, his just due. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. They did a best of, and they did some awards because, well, they're Impact Wrestling, and uh, ever so often they do stuff like this anyway. I'm going to mostly, I'm going to pretty much just tell about the awards because the matches, uh, they, they recap some of the matches that they show multiple times a year anyway. Although Mickey versus Deanna Perrazzo was really, really good. I'm glad they showed that one. That was one of the best women's matches all year for them. Uh, knockout of the year was Jordan Grace. Makes sense. She's a champ. Um, X Division of the year was Speedball Mike Bailey made sense. He was one of the better ones all year. Um, the male tag team of the year was the Motor City Machine Guns. Fair enough. I could have made a couple other... You know, Heath and Rhino had a pretty solid year too, but uh, Motor City Machine Guns always a good, good one. Uh, knockout team of the year was the Death Dolls. They probably had the better year. The one to watch in 2023, this was voted on by the fans as well, uh, Bupender Gujar, and he even took that. He was like, wow, thank you guys, and I hope I can show you guys some things in 23. Uh, he, he could be a good young talent. I would like to see them do a lot more with him. Um, and, of course, your male or your... Match of the year was Josh Alexander versus Speedball Mike Bailey that was on Impact Wrestling one week. I, I, it was up there. I don't know that it was the best in my opinion, but that was really, really good. And your male wrestler of the year is Josh Alexander. Is Josh Alexander good? Yes. Is he worthy of being champion? Yes. In my humble opinion, is he someone that should be champion for uh, as long as he has been? No. I thought he would be a transitional champion, but they did not ask my opinion. I think he's good. I'm not saying he's bad. It's not a terrible choice. It's just... It just, just does not make a lot of sense. I mean... I hate to say it, but when your brother-in-law, I believe, is Scott Demore, who helps run everything on and off screen, it just looks bad. But they need somebody to unseat him. Maybe Bully. They got that pay-per-view coming up next weekend that's here in Atlanta. Um, 
we'll talk more about that next week. But they, I don't know. It just it needs to be somebody other than Josh Alexander. It's already been Moose, but they haven't done a real good job of pushing other other top level talent up. So we'll just see what they do. But that was uh, Impact Wrestling. Let's go to AEW Dynamite. We opened up with Brian Danielson versus Ethan Page. MJF was up in the booth there. Uh, Danielson and Ethan Page had a really good match. It was a great opening match. Danielson, of course, wins. Uh, but Ethan Page is very, very underrated. He is one that does not get enough credit for all the extra work he does. I think, you know, anytime somebody needs to take a fall or go against a crazy opponent or be in a weird spot, Ethan Page seems to be the one to find himself there. In the same way that Eric Young was early on in his TNA career, it's now Impact Wrestling, that got him eventually a main card spot because he was always the one they could rely on and he just continued to get better. I think Ethan Page is right there on the edge right there on the edge of being a top mid-card into a low, just breaking into the main event scene. Ethan Page is really good. Uh, having Stokely Hathaway there helps. Um, in fact, I wouldn't mind if somewhere down the road he got an MJF's away. Maybe not for a title, but he's gotten his way somehow. But a uh, good match. Danielson gets the win. Got to see Moxley and Claudio take on top flight. We all knew that Moxley wasn't losing. Uh, good match. Claudio ends up picking up the win for the team, but top flight is a team that if they can both stay healthy, which has been a problem for them because of the way they've wrestled, they could be one of the best teams in the world uh, by, by maybe late summer. Hook took on some random person, and then Stokely, Moriarty, and they're calling him Big Bill instead of uh, W. Morrissey, which I think is for William Morrissey, but they call him Big Bill. Uh, he got in Hook's face, and then Jack Perry come out and level the playing field. I would not mind seeing Hook and Jack Perry hang out a little bit. They could learn a lot from each other, and they don't need to be a team. They could just be uh, on-screen buddies. That, that could be good. The Elite took on Death Triangle in match six out of the potential seven. This was a false count anywhere. and This one got crazy early. But once again, the same thing I say about the Brutes in Imperium is on a higher level when you talk about the Elite and Death Triangle. The Elite knock this thing up at three apiece. The seventh will be next week at the AEW show in L.A. I have a great friend of mine and great friend of the show, James, that will be uh, attending that one. I look forward to hearing his report uh, because I know he's looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to it. I He didn't know much about the Elite uh, early on in his AEW watching career, and I said, they are some of the best on the planet. And whether you like them or not, after you see them wrestle a couple times, they will be some of your most respected and favorites to watch. Even if you don't like them, you they're must-watch. And Death Triangle is right there with them. But they end up 
Um, it's amazing that these guys aren't as dinged up as they are. But the Elite get the win. We go to the seventh matchup that will be uh, it's some kind of uh, Mexican death match or something. I, I they were calling it something. I don't I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what it means. Um, yeah, while we're at it, they mentioned it too. Uh, the great Don West passed away, and he, he had a big battle and big health problems. Uh, Don West, the world is lesser of a place because Don West is not in it. He was a super, super over-the-top hype guy. I loved all of his work with the uh, selling the TNA and the Impact Wrestling merchandise and him and Mike Tanay calling the play-by-play -play of, of so many great matches over there. I mean, just, I said, the world is a lesser place because Don West is not in it. So thoughts, prayers, and condolences to the entire West family. And we know Don West is up in the sky uh, hyping up and pushing some merchandise. So uh, uh, just thoughts, prayers, condolences out to the West family. Back to the AEW Dynamite action we had. Uh, Ty Mello and Anna Jay who took on Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. You really thought this was going to be where Ruby gets her revenge. And then you remember that Ty Mello and Anna Jay are a part of the JAS. So they get the preferred booking. Yeah, and it was kind of a train wreck of a match. The highlights of the match were when Ruby and Willow were in, in charge of the match. And also after the bell rang to end it. That was pretty much the highlights. So uh, just... I don't know. It's, it was a mess. And it was a mess because of one team and not the ones that are way more skilled. And then finally we got to see Samoa Joe who defended his TNT title against Wardlow. He had attacked Wardlow earlier in the night. Uh, a good match. For, for Wardlow to be attacked for once and be the good guy and trying to go against the bad guy Joe, I thought they told the story very well. They showed that Wardlow can be a main eventer. He can at least be the, the last match of the night. He unfortunately comes up a little short. Samoa Joe retains his title and then gets called out by Darby Allen. I look forward to this. I know it happened last night. I have not seen the match. Uh, I have a feeling what I think could have happened, but Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen looks like the mismatch of the century. And I bet it was the best match on the card last night. I look forward to seeing it. Look forward to telling you guys about it. We move to AEW Rampage, where we got to see something we don't always get to see. Two friends fight each other for a title, as Orange Cassidy defended his uh, was it Atlantic Atlantic Coast Championship or Atlantic Championship, whatever they're calling it, against his friend Trent Beretta. Now the best friends were down there; nothing nefarious happened or anything like that. Uh, Kip. Sabian was doing some commentary, which is just playing up his feud with Orange and everybody. At one time, Penelope Ford come down there, just kind of stood on the apron, distracted Trent. It allowed Orange Cassidy to pick up the win. Doesn't look like they're working together. Looked like Kip was trying to keep Orange as the champ so that he can defeat him for it. Um, I'm a big Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian fan. I'm a bigger Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta and, and Chucky and, and Dan Housen fan. But uh, good win for Orange. 
it's crazy to go against your friend for things like that, but they made it look really, really good. Uh, Kip had a match against a guy named Atiba. Or I didn't really catch his name. It didn't matter. It was a showcase for Kip, but one time put on Orange Cassidy's elbow pad that he normally takes off to do the big orange punch, and he did the Kip punch that he needs to work on. It's, it's a little harder to do than you think it is, and... Uh, uh, Kip is a really good performer. He doesn't need to add Orange Cassidy's moves to his repertoire. Kip versus Orange is going to potentially steal the show for whatever card it is on. Uh, Pero Pelagroso, formerly known as Preston Vance, had some uh, backstage comments and things like that. They do need to change him up a little bit. And, and I like you stick him with Roosh uh, because Dragon Lee I heard signs with Dragon Lee is Roosh's little brother uh, he left La Faction Ignorables so they needed somebody there taking the mask off Preston Vance not calling him 10 not calling him Preston Vance I, I love it the former rugby standout uh, is uh, he is a he's kind of like Ridge Holland former rugby guy but he can perform so I look forward to what Pedro Pedro is going to be doing, and you should too. The guy was handpicked by Brody Lee, who said this guy has something. That's high praise. Now that that Brody's no longer with us, that's that's high high praise. Um, Kira Hogan got a chance to go against former baddie leader, or no, she's still the baddie leader, but former baddie uh, group member Jade Cargill for the championship. Uh, at some point it looks like Red Velvet may kind of join Kira as opposed to staying with Jade Cargill, and Cargill wins again, and, and I, I'm in the same boat here where I am with a lot of people. Uh, Kira Hogan's a good performer. Cargill's getting better. I'll give her that, but I, I just don't understand the Goldberg run that they're doing. Somebody's got to beat her, and, and she's already beaten practically everybody. Um, outside, I mean, I don't think she's beaten Jamie Hayter. I don't think she's beaten Britt Baker. Um, I don't think she's beaten Sheeta. But I mean, those all three of those girls would just wipe the dang floor with her. Um, but she's getting better. I'll give her that. She's getting better, and she's less arrogant, and it, it's working. But it just—it's—it's it's a whole mess. It's like it's whole—it's a whole hot mess to itself off to the side. And then finally, we got to see Wheeler Yuta with Moxley and Claudio take on Swerve Strickland with Parker Boudreaux and some random mystery guy that they—I don't—I don't think they've come up with a name yet. That's why they don't give him a name. It's been two weeks, and he's just that guy. Which uh, is just, just crazy, <laughs> but, um, and and it ended up being a, a melee of a match towards the end, of course, where uh, as good as Swerve is, as Yuda is is really coming into his own. I like that it's Yuda, Mox, and Claudio still, and they're still kind of watching out for each other. The Blackpool Combat Club. It seems like Danielson is doing a little less with them. But we will see. We'll see what ends up happening with that. 
And then finally in New Japan, we got to see Okada defend his World Heavyweight title against Switchblade Jay White. These are two of the best in the world. I need to make a top five list again because uh, it, it's incredible every time these two get together. I know Kenny Omega has been back in Japan a little bit here lately. He, he teamed with Okada, which is an unbelievable dream team. But this match here was probably four and a half stars out of five. This was so close to a Dave Meltzer five-star classic. Jay White ultimately ends up with the win. He beats Okada, becomes the champion, and the newest reign of Switchblade Jay White has begun. This match, though, was just off-the-wall amazing. Off-the-wall amazing. These two bring out the best in each other. I implore you guys to watch as much New Japan as possible. Uh, we get an hour each week on the Axis TV channel, I believe, but you can also subscribe by going to their website. Uh, I, I recommend you consider that if it is in your budget to do so, or maybe go in with a friend because it is great. But that's going to do it for us this week on Strong Style. Shout out to all you amazing people who make it so much fun to come on and talk pro wrestling and MMA each and every week. I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.